Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast. It is episode 156. I am Mel from Metal Hammer. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week. Hope you're doing okay out there. Uh, before we get on with this week's show, I should remind you that the latest issue of Metal Hammer magazine is out right now as a special edition issue counting down the 100 greatest songs of the century so far. The anthems that have defined the last 21 years of metal. Uh, it's a hell of a list. Uh, we think you'll like it. It's certainly going to provoke some strong opinions, I'm sure. And it comes absolutely stacked with some really cool gifts as well. Uh, so if you fancy picking that up, you can do so at shops across the UK right now. Or you can get it delivered straight to your door from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. That's tinyurl.com slash gethammer. We really appreciate your support. As always, uh, so this week's show is dedicated to a chat that I had with heavy metal influencer Kiki Wong a few weeks back. Now don't go anywhere, don't don't get snidey, don't raise your eyebrows. I know the word influencer feels very loaded and comes with a lot of... uh, kind of presumptions about what that exactly means but Kiki is legit she's an amazing metal guitarist that has played in a number of bands over the years currently playing in the awesome LA Rockers Vigil of War Um, but she's found her biggest success on platforms like Instagram and TikTok for embracing the influencer art form Um, but she's not really been doing that through the kind of usual instagram and tiktok avenue she's been doing that through playing heavy metal songs by playing dio songs and iron maiden songs and metallica songs so it's a really really interesting uh route into this world that she's had and it's really fascinating to see heavy metal reach people in a totally new way um, and she's got a hell of a story as well in terms of how to got to where she is now she's played with some real heavyweights of the rock world in years gone by and of the pop world as well she's played some award shows with some really unexpected figureheads of the pop world uh, so you're definitely going to stick around and hear all about that she's got a great story and uh, she tells it exclusively here on this very podcast so without further ado i'm going to hand over to me and kiki if you can hear a tiny bit of noise in the background on some of uh, of her chat it's because there was a bit of uh, roadworks going on outside her window um, but it's very very minimal i don't think you can really hear it that much to be honest but if you do pick up a little something that's what it is uh, but yeah screw it this is me and kiki from a few weeks back hope you enjoy stay metal everyone all right, I'm here with Kiki. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I've been good. It's um, it's been a crazy time in COVID, but I'm trying to make the best of it so far. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess your day must just be like get up, make a shitload of content, and uh, and and that's that. And like, how's, how's what's a typical day look like for you right now? Oh my goodness. Um, but well. Right now, it's it's absolutely insane. I've been making so so much content lately, and um, more now more than ever, I've just been more inspired to create um, videos and, and just keep pumping stuff out. So I wake up usually around seven because of the construction that's happening right out my window, which is is lovely. <laughs> um, and then I brainstorm ideas. Um, I'll usually just like if I wake up with a song, I'll write it down, I'll jot it down on notes, and then I just start creating content while the sun's up sunsets at six so and after that i play piano write some more and then 9 p.m i'm exhausted (laughs) sounds right sounds right you're keeping busy though right that's what's great about uh a lot of what you do i guess um are you kind of comfortable being called an influencer because obviously what you do at the moment is very internet facing i know you've got a ton of other stuff going on which we'll talk about as well but are you kind of comfortable with that tag because it's not really a tag we're used to seeing associated with kind of metal personalities yeah, you know, it's it's funny. Um, so I work in digital marketing also on the side. And the the influencer, like, 
term is a really interesting one because a lot of the times people are going to associate it with somebody that goes on and takes pictures of them traveling the world and not quite doing much. And then they're getting all of these opportunities where they're like, you know, what? so that's like the influencer term that we all know. Um, I've played music uh, since, you know, 2009, <laughs> I started doing, um, uh, playing in a professional band and stuff. And after that, I did embark into that influencer world. Um, and I realized it just wasn't working. It wasn't for me. It was, it felt like I was an imposter and I wasn't being who I really was. Um, and then I just went back to my roots and went back to what I, what, what I wanted to do, which is music. And ironically, uh, I've turned into a music influencer. Um, I, I'm used to the term, uh, however, it, yeah, the, the two don't necessarily go hand in hand, but I'm just kind of embracing it as it goes and enjoying the ride. So yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, I mean, you, you have done so much already before, I guess, whoever knows you for what you're doing now, you have a kind of almost like these multiple other lives before all this. Um, how, how was it that you first kind of got into metal and rock music in the first place? Oh, man. I So my brother, who's about 18 months older than me, he has been such a big influence in my life. I was always kind of like, I want to be just like my brother kind of situation. Um, and we were like best of friends. So I remember like when I was about 11 or 12, he introduced me into like Lincoln Park at the time. And that was sort of like the segue in. And I was like, cool, cool. And then he was like, okay, now you have to listen to Metallica. And I was like, oh, oh. And um, that's like really kind of what got me into guitar in the first place. Um, so I basically, Metallica was the segue into like all the crazy heavier stuff that I yeah. uh, still continue to love. So Awesome. And, and um, I, I read as well that kind of in terms of your playing, uh, was it that your father had an acoustic guitar that you, he taught to you to play on a little bit? And that's where kind of your musicianship really came into play. Yeah. That's, um, so basically what happened was um, my dad was in the military. He was stationed in Korea, met my mom um, and he wooed his way to her heart through an acoustic guitar um and then he stopped playing and so my mom one year i think it was when i was about like i was probably maybe 10 or something she was like i'm gonna go buy an acoustic guitar from costco and it was like a hundred dollar like plastic like basically plastic uh yama acoustic guitar and he bought it for him he played a little and then it went to the closet and i'm um after i started listening to metallica i was like i really want to learn master of puppets like that sounds really cool so I was like, dad, can you like teach me a couple of chords? Um, and I think I was about 13 years old. So he's like, sure. So he taught me my, my first three chords. Um, and then I learned House of the Rising Sun first because he's like, you can't just jump into Master Pub. It's not going to fly. Um, and then I ended up just playing on the acoustic. Uh, this was pre-YouTube days. I'm a little older. So um, I like I was playing piano and my parents were like, well, you know, you can't take guitar lessons. We already have you doing piano. You should focus on one thing and get really good at it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm still gonna learn the guitar. So I went online and I just went on like different websites at the time because they didn't have social media or anything. So I just went on websites and tried it's okay. to- okay, I, I remember those days as well. Don't worry. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and then just taught myself online and, and here we are, so. <laughs> Wow. And and at one point, so obviously you're playing guitar, you're kind of getting into bands and stuff. At one point you're in what's described in your website as a girl band called Nylon Pink. Um, now, when someone says girl band, you kind of think of like pop music, like uh, choreographed dance moves, all this kind of stuff. But you but you guys were a band. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was funny. Like, um, so 
I got involved with that band. Um, I was doing like, I was in college still at the time. And um, I was kind of like trying to do these modeling gigs to like pay, you know, get whatever, like side cash. And um, these girls had a gig and they were like, hey, it's a jewelry company, we're doing a shoot. So I was like, sweet. And it's like paid a hundred dollars. I remember I was like, woo. So I went to the gig. They ended up being these like super rad, like super stylish, like two little Asian girls. And I was like, holy cow, they're awesome. And they saw in my profile, they're like, oh, you play metal guitar? Like we have a band. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, let's go to your garage and jam. Uh, ended up being in like a studio and all this stuff. So uh, Nylon Pink was the band. Um, and basically it was like an all Asian girl group and we did K-pop covers. Um, and we also did our own original uh, music. But uh, like, obviously I was like, well, we got to make them heavy. So I kind of like incorporated some like heavy guitar stuff in there, but it was mostly like K-pop covers and such though. Oh, wow. Cool. That's really interesting. Um, and then uh, while kind of, I guess, while this is going on or leading on from this, uh, you've done a ton of other stuff, a ton of other stuff as well. Uh, you played with Taylor Swift at the VMAs. Uh, you played with Usher at a, a big fashion rock show. Um, you played guitar with Brett Michaels for a Nissan advert. <laughs> like that sentence gets weirder and weirder as I say it. So, so were you, how did you kind of get into, uh, get those kind of jobs? Were you just kind of working as a session musician for a while and stuff picked up? Or how did you kind of get into those, those things? Well, um, so I was like, literally like, you know, when I was playing in the band, um, I actually was involved. I was working at the hospital with stroke and Alzheimer's and dementia patients. So I was a pre-med and I was on my way. I was like, yo, I'm just doing this for fun. And then I'm going to go to become a doctor. Um, and oh, then wow. I, it was crazy. I did that for about a year and a half. And I remember my band was like, we got a tour. We got a tour in, in China. You have to go. And I was like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. So I told my job, I was like, I got to go to this tour. And they're like, well, you can't work here. So I quit on the spot. Tour got canceled. <laughs> so I had to oh, find shit. all these. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. So I ended up having to find all these crazy jobs. Um, and one of them was like, I'm just going to start like doing acting on the side and like just hopefully, you know, I'll get a gig. Eventually, um, my agent saw that I, I played music and started submitting. Um, and then I got involved with... Um, First, it was the, uh, the Brett Michaels gig. So they were looking for a guitar player. And um, I went in, did the thing, and they casted me, and I did the commercial. And it was completely insane. Like, first off, it's Brett Michaels. Like, he's he's such a rad dude and so, so cool in person. Um, and we went out and shot out in, like, the middle of Arizona in a desert, right? And it was a five-day shoot. And I was in like, you had to basically like shut your phone off. They took them and they put them in these bags so you couldn't like show anything because it was very like top secret, like shooting location mm -hmm. where um, they, they create all the cars. And we were out there. I remember uh, this was in 2012 and we were out before drones were like accessible to the public, I guess. Yeah. But I remember like shooting there and we were out in the desert and it was sweating. It was 109 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And they had me out there like like shredding and then like these huge drones like circling above and like and i ended up getting heat stroke out there so they had to like oh no the entire thing and uh put me in one of the so animals. not rock and so not rock and roll dude <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i was feeling great until i was like oh i guess i'm having heat stroke so um oh, man. yeah <laughs> but uh it was it was super fun um and then after that i ended up 
my agent like was like, okay, well, here's great potential. A lot of people saw the commercial and um, this amazing uh, stage producer, he had seen me and was like, hey, let's do the Taylor Swift thing. So I did the, I did drums for them. And then immediately he was like, okay, well, we have another big production um, in New York. We're flying you out to go uh, do drums for Usher for Fashion Rock. So um, it was a cool, that was a really cool year. A lot, a lot of stuff happened. So it was really Yeah, fun. all that stuff happened in one year. I mean, what was it like kind of getting it? I guess a bit of an insight and taking kind of like one step into that world. Cause it's, it's, I can't even imagine how crazy it must've been to kind of just be in that environment for a few months. It was, I mean, it was, it was insane. Like there was so, so much momentum happening. Um, and I was just like, I was, I didn't really know. I felt like I was too young to like process everything. So I just was like going for it. Like I just was working really hard and working to my best ability. But, um, like you just get hits of like adrenaline and hits of like that endorphin rush from like being on those stages that like once you have it you're like i gotta have more i gotta keep going and um it just gives you like that passion and that feel and drive to just like be the best that you could possibly be so it was one of by far the most incredible experiences amazing so you kind of got to this point where you'd like i said you kind of already lived this life really you'd kind of like had this career in uh in nylon pink and you'd been doing all this stuff as a as a guitarist with all these amazing names in uh, kind of showbiz culture I guess um, and then there's an interesting kind of evolution of the whole nylon pink thing you mentioned how you kind of almost stepped into the influence of life for a bit um, and you kind of became a travel and lifestyle blogger uh, and that seemed like it was a really successful period for you as well hundreds of thousands of views uh, you were on various huge news channels in the states doing various things um, how did you kind of end up gravitating towards that particular period of your life? Well, that was crazy. So what happened was after like all the um, like the TV stuff was going on, um, I, Jerry only from the Misfits had created a band. It was like this super group uh, girl band called the She Demons. And um, me and Alicia, who is the singer of my band right now, uh, were in it. And we took part in this amazing, incredible project with him and toured um, all over. And I was like, I need to quit everything to do this. Um, unfortunately, the project didn't, uh, it, it, it took a sudden halt, which as a lot of projects do. Um, and I was left completely like depressed. Um, I kind of just felt like I, I hit rock bottom at that point and I was like depressed. I went into debt. I was like jobless. I just felt like completely like dead and I didn't like want to play music at all. I didn't touch a guitar wow. for three years. Um, and oh, wow. so I needed to like kind of pivot my life and do something. So we had the sitting duck website, which was our website for our band, nylon pink TV. And we're like, well, what do we do with it? There's nothing on there. We're not playing music. I was like, let's just start writing articles about travel and beauty. Um, and we started doing that. Um, and it picked up. It picked up. It was starting to gain momentum. Um, and then, like, within the first six months, it ended up hitting, like, over 100,000 uh, page views a month. So we're like, holy cow, this is a huge thing. Uh, we started to submit it to different um like travel agencies across the world. And uh, we were basically traveling the world, writing about, um, uh, writing and submitting to publications about um, traveling. And, and, and that was, it was crazy. It was like a complete 180. Like, you know, I had blonde hair. Um, I dressed up like very, very girly and stuff like that. And I just like flipped myself around because I was so depressed about what had happened, you know, and just like losing music. And I just didn't want to like, I wanted to be a different person. Um, I mean, I, I saw, I, when I went, yeah, well, when I was, when I was looking uh, up at 
you're just kind of doing a bit of research into your background. I, I genuinely thought I'd found the wrong person because I saw these other photos of you and it literally is like looking at a different person. I was like, well, this can't be Kiki from Instagram because she, <laughs> she looks like a fashion blogger or something. It was so surreal. And then like trying to piece how these two people had the same journey was really interesting. Um, and then, yeah, as you say, and, and you mentioned Alicia as well, because she plays in Dragon Force now as well, right? That's right. Yeah. So she's the singer and the bassist of our band and um, and the founder. She, that's her project. And then she also plays for Dragon Force. Awesome. And that's uh, that's Vigil of War, your, uh, right, your kind of band you played. Awesome. And then, yeah, you mentioned, so you got to a point you were doing all the, the travel stuff and then COVID hit, which is definitely not a great world to be doing travel writing in. It, it was it was devastating because we had six trips planned across the globe um, that year and they all just got canceled and we were like what do we do what do we do like we had we just were completely like like lost and so like well there's this whole TikTok thing going on and we're like I don't know what this is and we're like well let's just like let's just mess with it so we have this group that it's like a it's a social media group for influencers and brands. Um, has like over 25,000 members in it. So we're like, well, let's just like do this test. Like, let's just mess around and do a 30 day TikTok challenge. And we're like, we wanted to do it because we wanted to know what the heck TikTok was and we didn't know. Um, so we ran this challenge and it was free. We're like, hey, anybody join, whoever wants to learn. Um, and we grew, like we learned so much about how TikTok worked and how like this short form video content um, is like really, really capturing audiences uh, for whether you're a musician, whether you're just a content creator, food, anybody, any, if you have interesting content, you can like leverage it and create something amazing on TikTok. So, um, I tested out different styles. I was doing sober content cause I've been sober for three years now. Um, and that didn't work. <laughs> so, um, I was like, well, shoot, let me just grab the guitar and, and try. And so, uh, it ended up taking off from there. And, uh, that's kind of like where the whole thing happened. It did take a year though, but, uh, that's where I am now. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it really did take off. I mean, over 200,000 on Instagram, over 200,000 on TikTok. Um, that's pretty incredible. And and I guess it, it. I'm just interested to know what it was like kind of almost reappraising your entire approach to music because you're not just kind of writing songs now. You're thinking about how to deliver metal as content for a short form audience. I mean, how, like what kind, there must've been quite a lot of time working out what really worked and what didn't work, even just within that bracket of like metal influencing, if you want to call it that. 100%. Yeah. I, I, and it's so crazy. Like I was just doing this on a live the other day. And, and the thing about metal is like, it, um, it, I love it so much. I, I'm so obsessed with metal that like, it's almost limited my, like my music uh, knowledge because I literally exclusively only listened to metal for so long. Um, but like, I love it and I'm so passionate about it and that like that's the style that I like to play so that was the only thing that I knew how to do um but I noticed that the evolution of like the music that I've been I started doing like some covers of like you know kind of like doing mashups at first they were like getting a little bit of buzz and then I started doing just regular songs that people could recognize and um you know it was kind of like getting people that already listened to metal involved and they're like hey this is cool and then I started thinking about it and I was like you know in in nylon pink we used to do k-pop covers um and make them heavy but not fully metal I was like I'm just gonna start doing these trending TikTok songs and then make them like super crazy heavy and just do what I used to do back in the day. Um, back in the, not, that, not that far back in the day, but and then, <laughs> okay. I, and then, <laughs> and then um, it just like, it took off and it, it gathered 
such an incredible audience. I had this video that I posted a couple days ago. It has 1.3 million views. It added, it gained wow. 100,000 followers on TikTok. And the people that are on there are not just metalheads. They're like metalhead parents that have little babies that like have little two-year-olds and then they're showing like duets with it. And then there's a kid holding a, a toy guitar playing next to my, my video. And I was like, this is everything. This is literally why I'm doing this. I want to continue to inspire these younger generations to keep metal alive, to keep guitars alive, to keep guitar sales happening, to let this world never die out with our younger generation. So seeing that makes me so motivated and so stoked to just keep on doing it. Um, and I do get a lot of hate too. I like, so I, I have endorsement through Schechter. I posted an Alexi Laiho cover. Um, <laughs> I laugh about it cause it's funny. And I did this like, like I, the tone was terrible, but I put it up, you know, just really quick to get, get, I probably should have fixed it. Um, and then Schechter's like, cool, it's a Schechter guitar. So they posted the video and I got absolutely destroyed by, um, like a lot of the guitar, uh, you know, the guitar nerds out there and you gotta love the guitar nerds, but man. Well, when you say, when you say, when you say guitar nerds, like, do you mean like, like fellow musicians, fellow kind of people that are putting guitar music on TikTok or just random idiots on the internet? Like there's levels <laughs> I, to haters. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Like I, I'm a guitar nerd. I love like everything about guitar. So I love guitar nerds. Like I would go on forums and post about them. But I think it's like people that maybe are um, upset that I'm a girl. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's um, they're upset I'm a girl or upset that I didn't play it perfectly. They're bit, right. kind of nitpicking at, at, at certain things or, you know, I accidentally spelled, like what happened is I accidentally spelled the name wrong in the caption. But um, once you post a video, you can't edit it after. So I put in my own caption. I was like, hey, sorry about the spelling. But unfortunately, when they reposted it, they didn't repost my caption. <laughs> so everyone was like, she doesn't even know how to spell his name. And I was like, oh. Uh, it was my fault, I guess. But, you know, like, yeah, it's, the it's internet funny. is unforgiving. It's like, <laughs> like, I uh, just, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Um, so you, you, what kind of stuff gets the most surprising reactions for you? Is there something you just kind of threw out there that you weren't, I mean, you mentioned the video doing over a million um, in no time at all, which is crazy. But is there anything else you put out there just as an experiment? Because you do all sorts of funny stuff. I saw one that you, you put the Seven Nations Army riff to someone getting their tattoo removed. Um, like, which if you don't really kind of know TikTok and what's going on Instagram at the moment, it's gonna sound absolutely ridiculous, but there's someone that's posted a video of them getting their tattoo removed with a laser. It's kind of going, do it, do it, do it, And you come in and just start riffing the, the Seven Nation Army um, uh, riff over it. Like, is there anything like that you just kind of did for a bit of a laugh and just completely blew up that you weren't expecting? I did one, um, actually it was, uh, this one was bad. So I posted it on TikTok initially. Um, that's where I got the idea from. And it was like, I don't know which country it was from, but they were basically testing the, uh, the durability and strength of a window, a car window. So it shows this girl sitting very calmly um, while this guy is like beating the window. And it looks alarming at first. I saw that one. <laughs> it looks a little alarming because you're like, what is happening? Someone's about to like break into this girl, but it's just testing the window out. And they show it later. They're like, hey, testing the window. So I was like, this is funny. So I posted um, Crazy Train over that because the beat was just like really on. That guy had great rhythm. So I was like, this is great. So I posted it. 
um, TikTok took it down. It was at 30,000 in less than an hour. And TikTok was like community guidelines. And I was like, why? And I, I re appealed it and they're like, nope, you can't have it. And there was other videos that did it with different songs. I was like, come on now. But I was like, you know what? Let's go to Instagram. And that one I think hit over a million. I think, I'm not sure, I, I don't know, but it got a lot of views and people were just laughing. So I was like, this is just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um... In terms of uh, the way social media is kind of channeling all that stuff, does it feel like metal is kind of getting a kind of fresh opportunity to reach people on social media now? You mentioned one of the things you want to do is is kind of inspire uh, kids to pick up a guitar and, and get into heavy music. Um, does it kind of feel like in the absence of maybe quite as many heavy bands breaking into the mainstream as we've had in years gone, gone by, that maybe we've got a good opportunity to kind of embrace social media to, to make the most of this kind of stuff now. Absolutely. I think there is so much out there um, for the world to hear and, and know and learn about metal. And I know that like, it's, it's crazy to me sometimes because I see sometimes these big, big bands and I feel like that they could really leverage like social media to like showcase, um, you know, the, like the art of metal. And, um, I think there's like like sort of the stigma of like oh social media is lame like like it's you know cheesy and I I get it, I get it it is it gets very cheesy I am a cheesy person but but at the same time like it's connecting people it's connecting younger generations it's connecting uh, people who may be on the cusp and like want to learn like that's how I learned I, I started out listening to Lincoln Park and like then learned about this band and learned and then went down this rabbit hole of awesomeness and like I think that if we like as you know, musicians or artists or people that are like representing metal or even people just are, who are fanatics, um, they can slowly use social media to kind of uh, showcase that and and, and convert, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, in a good way, be the, the key term. Um, tell me about Vigil of War, kind of uh, LA rock based rock band. Um, listen to some of your stuff earlier. It's quite cool stuff. Got a lot of kind of kind of uh, Sunset Strip, kind of punk rocky stuff in there as well. Um, how did you guys kind of kind of get together? Yeah, uh, so Alicia, so she played in the She Demons with uh, with me. Yeah. So um, she was like, "I'm starting my new project." And basically, what happened was, I was like, not going to play guitar. I was like, "I'm I'm done. I hadn't played in like three years. I hadn't even touched my guitars." Mm -hmm. um, and she hit me up, and she was like, "Listen, my guitar player like bailed two weeks before. It was two weeks before their UK tour, or the UK tour. We were going to tour around the UK, and um, she was like." he bailed. Is there any possible way that you can fill in? And I was like, so set in my ways of never kind of touching the guitar again. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I was like, I 30% want to do this because I was scared. I didn't, I hadn't played in a while. I was like out of guitar shape. And my ex-boyfriend at the time was like, listen, you got to do this. This is an opportunity of your lifetime. You've toured a lot of places, but you haven't toured uh, the UK. You've got to go. So I was like, fine, I'm going to go. Ended up being one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, and then, then I was like, I was just going to fill in, but I loved the band so much. I loved everybody playing. I loved the music. I loved the feeling of being like on stage and like being able to play again. I was like, I have to be a part of this. So that's how we ended up, uh, starting the project. Um, yeah. And then it took off from there. I, I love the band so much. They're, they're so talented. They're so, they love, they're so passionate about, um, whatever, like what they do individually. So it's, it's invigorating for sure. Awesome. And I guess kind of once the pandemic is finally behind us, you'll be looking to get back together and head out on the road and kind of continue that that chapter of your of all the stuff you've got going on right now. 
Definitely. And we, we really want to go back to the UK. So, um, we did, we did like a makeshift tour on our own. We put it all together and the, like the UK is like the coolest place to tour, like by far, like the audience there and just like the support that we got, it was just so awesome. So that's definitely our next goal. Awesome. And what else do you kind of hope to, uh, to get out of 2021, either pre-pandemic or post-pandemic? Obviously, you're creating lots of great content, but is there anything else you'd like to be getting out in the real world and doing more of? <laughs> not, that, not that social media isn't the real world, but you know what I'm saying. Totally. I, I mean, honestly, like with COVID happening, it's been so crazy because you're right. Like, I, you know, when you are creating content all the time, you almost become like a part of this virtual world where you're like, where is the perception of reality? Like, where do you draw the line? Um, and it's, it can be like a mind F basically. Um, but it's okay. I we can swear. Oh, we can't. Oh, sure. <laughs> it becomes a mind fuck. Like a total mind fuck. Um, but I, I agree. Like I'm, I'm focused and hopefully that in, um, hopefully in September, October, like I want to go out there. I want to be able to meet the people that I'm meeting online and I want to perform. I want to like tour. I want to go out and, um, and get back into music full fledged and, and be on stage because performing to a camera is cool, but there's nothing better than performing to an audience and meeting and shaking the hands of the people that, um, you know, that support you. So. Awesome. Well, I certainly hope to see it soon. Uh, Kiki, where can people find you if they want to come and check out all your excellent content that you're putting out there right now? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kiki Wongo, TikTok at Kiki Wongo. It's pretty much at Kiki Wongo across the board. Um, I also am starting a new Twitch uh, channel. I just started it last week. So we'll be uh, streaming about shenanigans, just shred stuff, tour stories. And um, I also play video games randomly. So if you guys are into that. <laughs> what are you playing? <laughs> Um, not a lot of, like, I'm not crazy, but I'm like really, really into Forza right now. So if you want to just stare at me, drive a car for hours on end, it's going to be a blast. I promise. <laughs> what a world we live in. Uh, Kiki, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, good luck with everything. And hopefully we'll see you over in the UK at some point soon. Thank you.